Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. Learn more about Vox Community at voxoc.com. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at voxoc.com slash live and at the El Dorado Performing Arts Center. Hello, Vox. Good morning. Good to see you all bundled up for your sub-70 degree temperatures today. Feel so bad for you guys right now. It's it's very cold, and uh, I can tell very frigid this morning, so well done. Uh, thanks for showing up. We're glad you're here. It is uh, maybe 10 degrees, 12 degrees in the great state of Ohio. Um, not that you're particularly interested other than uh, in making fun of me. Uh, why would any sane person um, move from uh, from from there to here, we're still wondering that. Uh, anyway, my name is Mike Erie. I want to welcome you. We're so glad you're with us this morning. Wave if you can hear me. Say hello. There we go. Fantastic. Hi, Greg Arcades. Good to see your shiny head. Love that. All right. Anyway, if you are new to our community, my name is Mike, and was one of the the uh, team that uh, launched this church a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. And have since moved on to Ohio, but but want to stay a part of what's going on. So uh, I'm coming at you live via Skype. We've got uh, my youngest son held captive downstairs. Um, so hopefully there'll be no interruptions. Um, but but it is great to see you. Uh, and, and if you're new to our community, just want to let you know uh, that VoxOC.com is the place to go to find out more about us, to find out what's going on, uh, to hear a bit of our story, and uh, to sign up for the things that you can sign up for. So voxoc.com is the place to go. We love uh, starting our services with Q&A. We have some incredible, um, incredibly intelligent folks in our community who ask all sorts of wonderful questions. So uh, why don't we go to question number one? Hi, I have a friend who is in a cult. She has dedicated her life to doing God's work what is the best and most loving thing to do in this circumstance? Oh my goodness, great question. Um, yeah, and and I would want to be be clear. I love um, I love the fact that you care so much about this person. I love the fact that you uh, are asking about what the most loving thing to do is. Uh, in my personal opinion, I've seen some of the damage. I've actually had some friends who have been in um, cults and uh, have have seen the damage firsthand of what they do. Um, and so I, my opinion is, is even though it's not terribly popular these days, uh, the best, most loving thing to do in the circumstances is to very gently and kindly raise uh, questions about, um, you don't normally cults operate under a great deal of control and legalism. Um, a, a lot of what I do, not that you know, anyone particularly asked this question, but a lot of what I do is I will just simply say uh, to folks that knock on my door or in conversations I have, I'm just like, okay, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and, and show me where you get what you get from just those four books. If you can't do it, then uh, it's not very Jesus-y. And if it's not very Jesus-y, uh, then I wouldn't call it Christian. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think in, in, in the case of a friendship this is a hardcore sort of you know you're you're you know you're gonna burn your um you know that sort of kind of uh rough narrative i think this is much more of a very gentle like hey have you thought about or do you think this is normal or are you sure um and see what happens there so hope hope some of that helped uh question number two 
Good morning. You guys look phenomenal. Uh, what does it really mean to no longer be a slave to sin? I always struggle with the concept because I see many believers trapped in addiction of many sorts, and it has ruined lives and families. Yep, no kidding. Is their faith not strong enough, or what's going on here? Oh my goodness, what a phenomenal question. Um, a, a couple of very quick thoughts that you could easily spend a couple of hours answering these questions. I really think it's a fantastic question. Um, Christ saves us not only from the power uh, or the penalty of sin, which is death, um, but the power of sin. And, and sin is seen as a power that inhabits um, our body, our, our members, according to Paul. And Paul describes that struggle as our former way of life, our former manner of living. That manner of living where we were living for self by the power of the self. And he calls that sometimes he'll call that the flesh, life animated simply by my own strength as limited and frail as it is. Uh, and yes, of course, many believers are trapped in addiction because our former manner of life is empty enough that addiction is one of the, the ways that we have to deal with it. So, so I'm not surprised as that I would struggle or that other people would struggle with sin after they come to Christ, because that is the process of putting off the old and putting on the new. Look really ridiculous with the scarf. Speaking of putting off, there we go. Um, and so, so I would say, first of all, uh, that is a, um, a normal, natural question. Secondly, I'd, I don't think it's surprising that people struggle after they become Christians with putting off the old self because the old self is so deeply ingrained. Number third, number third, number three, uh, I, I think that uh, very few of us um, receive a gospel that naturally leads us to transformation. In other words, many of us have come to Jesus with the promise of an afterlife, um, and when Jesus was walking the earth, he was offering a promise of a this life as well. And so I think many of us came into a following Jesus, understanding that what Jesus did was to save you from something, hell, and to something, heaven. But the scriptures are far more radical in what the invitation of Jesus actually is. And that includes um, salvation here and now, deliverance here and now, uh, not perfection by any stretch of the imagination, but transformation, that we actually gradually take on the character of Christ. And we have a part to play in that, whether that is therapy, the the, uh, the spiritual disciplines, uh, roles in the community, using our gifts, we have a part to play in that transformation. And many of us have received a gospel that not only makes us passive, but doesn't even teach us to expect that the transformation is real and can happen. So those would be just a couple minutes of thoughts to a phenomenally great question. Number three. Number three. Let's go to number three. There it is. I'm confused. Hi, confused. I'm Mike. Nice to meet you. Uh, Mike stopped by a few weeks ago and said that we were okay financially, but I heard both Carrie and Tim mention the past two weeks that we need to give to keep the doors open. I can only guess that things have changed since Mike was here. Yes, Mike ruined it. We were great until that that you know loser showed up. Uh, go to question four, because I think question four relates to this. Uh, just when I'm feeling pretty sanguine about the future of Vox, I hear Tom Muehlhoff, and, and Tom is a much better name for him, by the way. Uh, Tom Muehlhoff comment that the future of Ox is uncertain. What the what? Are we okay or are we not? I'm not going to keep giving if our future is precarious. Okay, fantastic questions. I'm so glad 
you brought these up because I, when I was there, I, I possibly gave the world's worst financial update in the history of the planet, in the history of the Church of Jesus. I think I gave the world's worst financial update. And uh, I, I left a ton of people confused. We got a ton of criticism. We got a ton of questions. We got a ton of concern about this uh, because I, I was not clear on the slides we were going through and where we spent $100,000 on Vox uh, OH versus OC. And so what we decided to do is to put together, uh, I didn't write it, so it would be clear, uh, our accountant did, Joanna. She's one of our community pastors. She's our accountant. Um, she's on our board. Uh, Joanna put together an FAQ sheet that goes over some of those details uh, and some of the questions that we've gotten. That's going to be on our website. So voxoc.com, there's like a year-end link, uh, I think Andy's put up there, that has this FAQ sheet that will answer the question. Short, The short story is this. December was an incredibly generous month. Um, we're doing fine. We, we, we don't meet our budget but we're able to pay our bills and, and hallelujah, that's the big, that's the big deal we worry about is whether or not we're able to pay our bills and that we can do. Uh, that's a huge deal. And it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? It is a, a compliment to you um, and an affirmation of what God's doing that we've been able to, to do well in the midst of all of this. So yeah, we're doing, we're doing good. We can, we can pay all of our bills. We can even put some money away in reserves. Uh, so there's, there's absolutely a future for Vox. And then what Tim and Carrie have been saying is simply this, that future could evaporate pretty quickly. It's not like we've got millions of dollars in the bank that if people decide to just stop coming and stop giving, then Vox would go away. Um, and so, so on the one hand, um, I did a very poor job of kind of explaining the current situation, and all of these questions are very good. But secondly, I, I would refer you to this FAQ sheet uh, where Joanna really clears some things up that I left muddy. So great questions. I thank you so much for caring about this stuff. So uh, as always, send your questions in. We love them. We'll wrestle with them. Uh, we're going to continue on this morning. It looks like Izzy and the crew are ready. So bless you and uh, have a great Sunday morning. Thrilled to be a part of what's going on. Thank you for bringing this. I only pick people to help me that have matching hair as me. So that works out really well here. Um, hi, I'm Carrie Garcia. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. Yes, we have women pastors here. I know it's freakishly crazy. Um, can I just let you in on a little... Like, I love this place, and I love that you're here, and this is such an awesome family, and there's a lot to be said to that, but even this morning, you don't get to know all the ins and outs of what goes on here, um, but I'm going to share just a small little tidbit with you because this is how important you are to being here and how important it is, and yes, our doors are staying open, whoever are calling me out, um, but... Uh, that's a joke when I say that, kind of. <laughs> um, but so this morning, there was like, everyone's sick. So we get a last minute call. The basis is out. We have nobody being able to run like the sound and the pro presenter and all that. Like there's one dude here to run all the things. Andy's scrambling around literally just like, God, you've got to somehow figure this out. We call Chris. Chris wasn't going to be able to be here, the bass guy. Then he shows up. It's just like, 
you know what, we're, we're just here. Like, we're just trying to make it happen, you know? And it's just so amazing because when I see that kind of stuff and Andy's telling me some of this stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, God has big things to say today. And he's like, that's a way to look at it. But I'm like, no, <laughs> somebody's trying to shut us down. It's not, not today, Satan. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's just awesome. So I don't even know. And I've been traveling so much this past week. And I had to, like, not that I'm rushing together a message. I'm, there's lots of prayer time. But I kind of had to rush together a message. And was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. And, and I just feel like sometimes we can get so caught up in the job and the, and the filling this and making sure the lights and all that's super important and the bassist and Gary's message and all of that. But God's like, I'm still, I'm still here. I'm still doing something. I still have something to say. I mean, could we still see Jesus if there wasn't a base? Could we still see Jesus if there was not my scriptures on the screen? Yes, because I don't even know what those scriptures are going to be yet today. So it's fine. You know, I, like God has something for you, whether you know God or not, and you're just checking us out, you are actually here for a reason. God called you here for a reason. And I don't know how you journeyed into here, but you somehow journeyed into here and found this obscure church that nobody really has heard of, Vox. And in this you know, performing arts center in Placentia. I didn't even know Placentia existed until I didn't even know who Mike Erie was. So I'm super out of it. And, and yet somehow God brought you here. And, and so I just want to encourage you and I'm taking up too much time talking about that one. I just am really, I'm just really proud of our team because everyone rallied and we're here and the lights are on and there's stuff on the screen and somehow we got Mike Skyped in and somehow we have a bass player and God was just like, I'm, I'm doing it. You know, I'm working it out. So one, it's just to say awesome job box team and then awesome job God. Um, so that's that. That's what I have to say about that. Uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> this is the first time I've been back at Vox since the new year. And that's really cool because it's only the seventh, so I'm doing all right. Um, and uh, I want to um, talk with you guys today. I've been thinking about this concept about being a journey person versus a destination person. By nature, I am um, a type A personality. <laughs> Shocking, I know. You were like, you're demure spirit. I never would have guessed. Uh, so I'm very like, when the light turns green, you go. You don't pause. You know, we talked about this before. My husband is not that. The light turns, you know, green. And then he's like, we should talk about going now. And it drives me crazy. Um, and, and, and I'm just, by nature, I want to get to the destination. By nature, I want to rush through whatever I need to rush through to get to where I need to be, to learn whatever I need to learn. I would rather skip the process of it and just go from A to Z as quick as possible. And that's just my nature. But I am learning in my older age that the destination is not all it's cracked up to be. And that the, the real transformation is really happening in the journey. In fact, I would venture to say that God cares less about the destination and so much more about who you're going to be when you get there. And so I started thinking, man, that'll preach. <laughs> I'm going to write that down for my Vox crew. 
But really, I've been sitting in this for a while now. We go on road trips, my family and I, and we started just doing this when my, when my daughter turned six because she was like at a place where she could sit in the car long enough. So we go on these road trips and we started small. We started with like a week road trip. And then we did last summer, we did this epic road trip. We were on the road for three weeks. We packed and unpacked our tent 12 times. Well, my husband packed and unpacked our, and I delegated really well. And kept the kids away from him. And then my boys actually had to help a lot too because, you know, we're training them to be men. And so, but we went on this and we were going to go through the entire state of Oregon. I wanted to see Oregon. We're going we're gonna to travel through the entire state of Oregon. And, um, and, and we just want to see it all. And I had it all, you know, mapped out where we're going to go. So I had some kind of like a kind of a loose plan. But I really wanted to be open, and this is what I've been working on. I'm letting you into my psyche. I am really trying to be present in the moment. I'm really trying to see wherever God wants me to see, whatever God wants me to do, whatever God wants me to be in that moment. I want to be there. I don't want to rush to the destination. And I knew with kids, it was going to be a nightmare if we tried to drive 17 hours to our first stop. So we had to make all these stops. Let me tell you something about that road trip. Best road trip I've ever been on. Best time with my kids. My kids can't wait. We're going to Montana this summer and we're driving there. They can't wait to go. And I asked them, what did you guys like about the road trip? It was so much less about the places that we stopped and they brought up, remember that one time when we saw that old um, abandoned like town and we pulled over and we had sandwiches and we were running around like this ghost town that was not on the map, guys. It was not on the plans. We just saw it and stopped. They brought that up. They brought times in the car. They brought up times around the picnic table where we were sitting and playing an Uno tournament. These are the things they brought up. And I'm like, what about all the waterfalls and, and, and all of that? And they're like, yeah, that was super cool. But that was not what they brought up. They brought up the journey. They did not bring up so much the destination. In fact, we didn't even really have a destination. I mean, the destination was the entire state of Oregon. That's a big destination. And we did the entire state of Oregon. We saw it all. I never want to go back to Oregon again. (laughs) I actually was just there this last week. I'm like, Oregon will not leave me alone. I've been to Oregon so many times now. I've been reading in um, Genesis. God has taken me back to Genesis, the beginning of time. And he's been sharing with me, I've been camped out in a scripture. Uh, people ask a lot uh, what, you know, how, how I study the Bible and how do I do my personal time. I don't know why you are curious about that, but I, I actually do read the Bible. Um, but I, I, don't, um, I don't read it like, you know, I'm learning my Bible today or I'm reading a certain, it just kind of comes differently. Sometimes it's on scriptures that I memorize. Sometimes I'm just in a particular one verse. And then other times I'm in a chapter or entire book. It doesn't, it's, it's really kind of all over the place. But lately God has been having me camp out in the story of Abraham. I have been in this one chapter, chapter 12, Genesis 3, uh, or Genesis, sorry, um, chapter 12, verses uh, 1 through 20 for probably six months. And I just keep reading them. And God keeps revealing this idea of the journey. 
You see, Abraham is like one of, if not the most known men out of scripture. In fact, even the Quran has it related to Abraham, talking about Abraham, 188 times Abraham is in the Quran. I mean, he is not just a pinnacle of Jewish faith, of Christian faith, but of even of Muslim faith. He is like top doc. He is the man. Besides Jesus, in our, in our uh, you know, thoughts of belief, in, in many cultures, people are fighting for Abraham to be their father, their, their identity. Um, in, in Muslim belief, this is their, you know, this is besides, you know, God, it is Abraham. Abraham is the father of their nation. They fight over this. And as I'm reading about Abraham, I have to do background study and I start to see that Abraham's just a dude like you and me. He lived in a pagan city. His dad worshiped idols. He just was bopping along. He's like the great, 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 great grandson. I think I got that right. Of Noah. But he has no lineage to like really God. He is just a dude that had a couple wives and hung out. And yet, somewhere along the way, he gets called by God to be something radical, to do something radical. It says in Genesis chapter 12, now the Lord said to Abraham, go forth from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I just want to stop there because in my many versions, it will say, not the version I have you seeing, um, this is the NIV version, Um, but in many versions it says, now the Lord said to Abraham, and this is very important because as I'm reading this out of my translation, I'm going, okay, this is... Okay, God's talking to him. He's having this moment with Jesus. And then I start to do some study and I see this one word that is removed. Now the Lord had said to Abraham. So that makes me stop and go, why is it had here and not here? Because had means past, right? Had means past tense, that this has already been said. Right here in my scriptures, it's making it sound, now the Lord said to Abraham, like it's happening right now. God is saying to Abraham right now, why does this even matter? Because I'm a Bible nerd and it just is, matters. If you look at Acts chapter 7, verse 2 through 3, it says this. Yes. So there's this guy, Stephen, he's talking, he's one of the very first martyrs um, for Jesus, and he's giving um, this whole die, like a whole uh, commentary about God, and he references this. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The glory of the, the glory of God appeared to our father Abraham was while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. You're going to understand this in a minute. He told him to leave your country and your people, and God said, and go to a land I will show you. So this makes me go, wait a minute. Right now, when the scripture comes up, when we're looking at Jen, track with me. It's going to all make sense in a minute, okay? And also, don't I look super smart right now? Okay. Anyway, (laughs) Genesis, I am smart. Genesis 12, when, when you're reading this, this is where Abraham, we find Abraham in the town of Haran. This is where we find him in chapter 12. He has been camped out here. He has been living here. This is where he stopped. But what the scripture in Acts is telling us and what that one little word had tells us means that he has already gotten this revelation from God. Where did he get this? Moses, I mean Moses, Abraham used to live in Ur, 
the town Ur in Mesopotamia. Stephen is saying, and the scripture is saying, that this call came to him while he was in Ur. You are, not while he was in Haran. So we look back and we go, okay, what does Genesis 11 say? It says in Genesis 11, 31 and 32, and Terah, which is Abraham's father, pagan worshiper, does not believe in God, Okay, Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, uh, that's not the place, that's actually a man. It's very, those names are confusing. But anyway, his grandson and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son, um, Abraham's wife, and they went out together from Ur in order to enter the land of Canaan, and they went as far as Haran and settled there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, here's where I I want you to understand. Abraham gets a vision from God, not in Haran, but in Ur. And this vision is this, or not vision, but God speaks to him, literally speaks to him. It says in verse 12, um, chapter one, now the Lord said, the Lord had said to Abraham, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land, which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. And the ones who curses you, I will curse. And in all your family, uh, uh, families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the original message God says to Abraham. He looks at him and he says, look, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your possessions. I want you to leave everything behind. And I'm going to show you where you're going to go. I'm not going to tell you right now, but I'm going to show you where you're going to go. But you got to leave everything behind. And if you do this, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a righteous name. In fact, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Those who curse you, I will curse. I will protect you. I will honor you. I will bless you. Abraham gets this call. Clearly tells his family. Because there is no way that you're going to leave Ur. It is the pinnacle. It's like L.A., Okay, it's got everything you need. It is, and and they are wealthy. They are doing great. They have all the things. There's no way that Tara, his his idol worshiping father, is just going to leave because he gets a whim. That's not how you roll. You don't just up and leave your roots. But something makes Tara go. Okay, we're going to go, and they leave. So this is how we know Abraham got the call before he was in Haran. Why does this even matter? This matters because I started thinking about journeys. I started thinking about destinations. I started thinking about what God specifically told him to do. Leave your family. He did not. Brought his family with him. He did not leave his possessions. He brought everything with him. In fact, he did not go to the land that God was calling him to go to or leading him to. He took a pit stop and he stopped in Haran. I started to think about our own lives. I started to think about when we have a destination in mind, we have somewhere we want to go, we have somewhere we want to do, and so often in life, we want to work it and make it so that it fits into how we're comfortable. You see, Abraham, who is actually Abram at this time, his name has not been changed, but Abram, good old Abe, decides, I'm going to go this far. I'm going to obey you, God, but I'm only going to obey you with what I'm comfortable with. 
You see, God said, you got to leave this all behind. Why did he have to leave behind his father? I mean, that feels cruel. Why would you have to leave behind your father and your possessions? Can't I serve you, God, with the things that I already have? Here's the problem. God knew you need to make a clean slate. You've been tied to the things of your father. He's an idol worshiper. It's baggage for you. You see the possessions that you're carrying? You don't need them. I got you. Yet we hold on to the things of this world or the things that we know or the guys that we date or the woman that we're with and God's saying, I want you to sever that relationship. It's not healthy for you. And you go, I'm gonna be fine. I wanna serve you, God. I wanna go where you want me to go. So we start walking, but we take the things with us because we're too scared to let it go. So we're so fixated on going, I want to get to the destination, but I want to do it my way, right? So here's Abram, and, and you know, bless his heart, like, he's new to this. He's new to the whole God speaking to you game. You know what I'm saying? But God gives him a blessing. He says, I am going to bless you, and I don't know why he chose Abram, and I don't know why he chose me. I don't know why he chose you, but he did. He called you. Same blessing that we'll find out that he gives to Abram is the same blessing he's going to give to you. It's offered to you. How often in your life do you just go, this is far enough? I think we think that hope and freedom and destination is somewhere about the heavens. This is the best it's going to be, but man, when I get to heaven, then it'll all be good. Even heaven's not the destination. Isn't that crazy? When we get to heaven, we now start the journey of worshiping with God and for God in the presence of God. The journey just continues. We don't get there and just arrive and sit down and be like, this is it. <laughs> that's, not how, that's not it. Because God is a journey God. He is so less, he's just so less cares about who you're, where you're going to be. He just so cares about who you're going to be when you get there. So as, as I'm reading this and I see, I see Abraham, I get Abraham. Because so often in my life, I feel like, man, I just want freedom. I just want this to be over. I just want to get to where I got to get. And then I get halfway there and it's too hard. It's just too hard to keep going. It's just too hard to let go of that baggage. You don't know. He said he was Sorry. And I don't want to let it go. I went to um, an incredible center this last week. It's called Five Rock, and it's up in Oregon. And, um, and, and they take in, I've told you about this place before. They've had me come a few times. But they take in um, floundering adults, women who are, most of them have been abused in ways that they have, like CSI has nothing on these stories. They're un believable what they have experienced. I can't believe they are still functioning. I just can't even believe they're able to get dressed. It's that horrific. It would, it would shock you in ways that you shouldn't have to be shocked on a Sunday morning or ever really. As I listen to their stories and they sit around, I'm inspired by their bravery. They are here at this place as their last chance at life. Many of them have been written off by the world, written off by their family. They're addicts, severe addicts. Many of them so sexually abused, it's unbelievable. This is men and women. 
they're sitting in this place and I'm ministering to them, me. What do I have to say? And as I'm ministering to them, God is speaking to my heart and he's saying, the world sees wounded and I see warriors. And he goes, Carrie, you see these people here? These are the kind of people I change the world with. And I just sit there and I go, these people are on a journey. I mean, they want to be off drugs. I had one lady say, Carrie, when does this, when is this going to be over? When will I not have this desire for this? When will I hear the calling that God has on my life? And I looked at her and I said, I don't know. But this is what I do know. You are right where God wants you to be. God is in this journey with you. He is loving you in this moment. He is ministering to you and he's slowly healing. And so you know what I told her? Don't worry about getting all the way over here. Worry about this. Today, I will take one step. This is what God saw in Abram. You see, Abraham stopped. He was in Haran for a while. He took his dad, he took his stuff, and he camped out for a while. But God chased after him. That's how we know in chapter 12, he reiterates this calling. For you, God is reiterating a calling that he has on your life. And you might have made some pit stops. The journey has, might, has been so overwhelming that you can barely breathe. You know he is asking you to let go of some stuff that has been very difficult for you to let go of. And that might be possessions, and it might be a label, and it might be a memory. I don't know what it is for you. But he's saying, you got to let go of that because it's keeping you stuck on the journey that I have for you. So he reiterates this promise, not only Abram, but to you. Go forth from your country. Leave that past. And go from your relatives and your father's house. You're gonna have to let some of that stuff go. You gotta leave that relationship. You've gotta leave that toxic environment. You've got to leave that substance or that pride or that desire to be seen as something that you're not. The success that you're trying to climb, whatever it is that's making you have a pit stop on the journey of what God has for you, let it go. And then he goes on to say, and I will make you, Abram, a great nation. How do we know that this is not just a call for Abram, but a call for us? You see, God says, it's not on the screen, but God says, you trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, with all your heart. Lean not, you know it, some of you, of your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge me and I will, it's a promise, make your path straight. That does not mean That life from here to here is easy. It's a journey. What I don't understand when I'm reading the scripture is why did God not just give, I mean, I understand it now, I will let you know, but I didn't. I was thinking, why not just give Abraham and, you know, Abram at the time, good old Abe, why not just give him the blessing right then? Why not give Sarah, who is his wife, who can have a baby, this is part of the covenant that God is making with Abraham, I am going to give you a son, and through this son, you are going to be the father of many people. 
He says, he looks in the stars. This is actually a few years later, but he looks in the stars and he says, Abraham, God speaks to Abraham. I am going to make you a father of more than you can see in these stars. Why not give this to him now? You know how long it took for this covenant that God made with Abraham to take place? 25 years. 25 years of wandering, finding, searching. And Abraham along the way messes up a ton. He lies in Egypt and says, Sarah is sister. And God has to go and fix that. He stops at Haran. He's not even supposed to stop there. He takes the people he's with. He's not supposed to take them. He ends up trying to to fix the prophecy and the covenant on his own. So he sleeps with some other chick, gets her pregnant. I mean, the Bible is awesome. (laughs) You're reading this and you're like, I love when people are like, it's so boring. I'm all, this is popcorn worthy. You're like, and then he did what? And then Sarah is so jealous. It gets crazy up in the Bethel, you know, and they like getting crazy with each other, tries to kick her out. I was like, yes, this story is awesome. It's a whole, it's a whole just mess. And God keeps showing up. He sent two angels to tell him, okay, stop sleeping with everybody. I'm going to bring a baby in a year. Just chill, bro. And he's like, okay, all right. You know, it's like, all right, I hear you. And then when he hears this calling, his wife laughs at him, at the angels, at God. I mean, you know what I'm saying here? Like, I just, everyone's so messy. You're messy, I'm messy. The father of all fathers outside of Jesus, messy, so messy. Why did not, why did God not just tell him this promise and then give it to him right away so he could get about the business of being the father of many nations? Here's why Jesus came to earth. And if you hear anything today, hear this, because I don't know why people tell you Jesus came, but this is why he came. This is the right answer. (laughs) He came for two reasons. One, to have intimacy with you. And two, He came for your freedom. He died so you could be free. That's it. This story, he could have picked anybody, maybe even someone more righteous, maybe someone that wanted to sleep with women less. (laughs) Good luck. And, you know, he could have picked anybody. He could have picked anybody. I don't know why he picked Abraham, but he loves Abraham and he loves you. But here's the whole point. It wasn't about... Abraham becoming the father of many nations. It was about Abraham understanding who his father was. This was the whole point. That time and time again when Abraham would mess up, God would show up. That time and time again when you are on a journey and you just wish you would be here, God is going, you're not ready for this, sweet one. You're not ready for this, my child. You don't understand me and how much I love you enough yet. Because I am with you in this pit. I am with you when you make mistakes. I am with you on the journey. I'm a journey God. It's not about arriving. It's about becoming. This is who God is wanting for, wanting for you. It's what God's offering to you. I just want to be close to you. But God, you don't understand. My family's falling apart. He goes, I know. I'm with you in this. Fix it, God. I'm allowing this to happen because I want you to understand how with you I am. That you know on a guttural level that God was with me and is with me. 
We fast forward Abraham's life. Here we are, he finally has a son. And now God asks, and we'll get into this another time, but just to touch on it as I close, because I'm out of time. God says, I want you to sacrifice your son. First of all, there's no way Abraham would have even understood how much to trust his father had it had happened 25 years before. And with a heavy heart, Abraham, this one son, the one that's supposed to fulfill the covenant, God is saying, are you willing to sacrifice this for me? And he said, okay. Give up everything that you care about for me. We think, I can't give that up. I love him too much, or it's too comfortable, or I know it too well, or I need to be secure. I need to have this. And he goes, when you understand that I am good, and I am for you, and I will make your path straight, the trust that comes into your heart, the safety you feel, will be like nothing you've ever experienced. And as Abraham lays his son on an altar to give before his king, to sacrifice the thing that is most important to him, that he's waited a hundred years to have. As he lays him there, God says, stop. And provides a ram for him. I know that God is asking you to give up something so you can trust him more, so you can be closer to him. I know that God has you on a journey. And I know many of you just wish you could rush to the destination. Here's why, and I'll end with this in Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. It says this, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien, the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same. All you need to know is that the end of Abraham's life and how he's seen in the scriptures is a man of faith. And it wasn't because his life was perfect. It was because of this very thing right here. Okay. And he took one step made a bunch of mistakes, God was with him, and he said, okay. God is not asking you to run this race. He's not asking, he's asking you to walk. He's asking you to walk forward towards the destination of transformation. He's less concerned about geography and much more concerned about your godliness. He loves you so much, and whatever he's asking you to give up, it's for your purpose, it's for your healing, so you can understand how much he is with you. And if, you've, if you're at a pit stop right now, maybe it's time to pick up, let go of some things, and move forward. Let's be journey people. Let's be journey people together. I'm with you in this journey. I'm learning to be more of a journey person. I just think there's real transformation in that. We're going to spend some time in um, communion. If you don't know Jesus... Cool. I mean, not cool forever, but cool for today. Um, And if you do know Jesus, cool for forever. (laughs) 
We come to the table to worship God for what he did for us. That Jesus was not so concerned about the destination, but he was concerned about the journey, and the journey for him was reaching your heart and you understanding his heart for you. When we come to the table, we just praise God for what he did on the cross and how he, he, his blood shed for every mistake and every stupid thing, every stupid thought, every stupid action we've ever done, and he gives us the strength to keep going when we feel like we're at the end of ourselves. So come here, partake together. If you need prayer, you can go in the back. If you need prayer for courage, I feel like some of you just need courage today. Today's a day, it's a new year. We need courage to let some things go. You can also write your little prayer requests um, on the scrolls and put them in there and we'll pray for you. Let's just spend the next few minutes in some time of worship, contemplating, asking God, what do you want from me this year? I want a journey with you. I'm tired of doing life alone. I'm tired of doing life alone. And I'm tired of being weighed down by the baggage you're asking me to let go of. Don't be so worried about where he's taking you. Be more concerned about knowing him on the journey. Jesus, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from you. And we thank you for your call that says you will make our path straight. That you will make us a great nation because you are great. I pray for those here that need to let go of some things. Reveal those to them, Lord, and let, it's know, let them know it's for their freedom. And I pray for those here that just want to be closer to you. Reach into their hearts, God, and go deeper into their, into their minds and into their past and into their present and their future. Let them be filled knowing that you are with them every step of the way. You honor faithfulness and obedience, even when it's one step at a time. In Jesus' name, amen. That was so good. Hey, just so you know, I joke a lot, so I need to say this, but if you're here and you don't know Jesus, we want you to know we're so glad you're here. You do not have to believe what I believe to be here. The great thing about Vox, anyway, I don't know about every other church you've been to. I don't know. I can't speak on behalf of them. But what I can speak on is behalf, like, we are journey people, and we, are, we understand that life is a journey. And we do believe that that journey one day will end before our King, Jesus Christ. But we understand you might not be there yet, or you might not be there. And we just want you to know it's okay. Like, we love you. You are welcome here. And sometimes I joke and sometimes it's stupid. And, and I just want you to know, like, I just glad you're, I'm really glad you're here. And we're really, really just thankful that you're, you chose to journey with us this morning. And it's also hard to ask for money. So I say stupid things like our doors won't stay open. Um, but in reality, our doors won't stay open. But it is hard to ask for that because it's uncomfortable because we don't do this. Like I'm not getting rich, guys. I'm speaking of Ox. <laughs> like that's not the deal. But if you believe in this place, and what God is doing here, and this being a safe place for people who are journey people, who are struggling in life, and that on a Sunday morning before they start their crazy week, that this would be the first day of their week, that they could breathe and laugh and maybe cry and maybe be angry and whatever expression they have, that they can be here and be safe to be in that emotion. If you are in that and you believe in that, and you want a space to keep going that provides that, yeah, we would love it if you would participate with us. And you can do that in a box 
right as you walk out. You can also go online, which is awesome. We do need that. We need to continue doing that. I believe in what God's doing here at Vox. I believe what he's doing in my life. Every time I get to preach and teach, I'm a very imperfect person that's going to mess up, say stupid things or wrong things, but I say very perfect words because they come from the word of God. The rest of the stuff, forget about it. It's not important. (laughs) So thank you for being journey people. Thank you for loving me and my journey, accepting me as one of your pastors, a broken down lady who has a past that should never be on a stage, yet somehow... God looked at me and he said, I will make your life great if you journey with me. And he did, and he has, and he's continuing to. So if you're in the journey with me, would you stand? If you've already arrived, you probably shouldn't be here. (laughs) Because you're just going to be like, everyone's a mess here. Yes. Yes. So no arrivedness, no destination people. We're going to become journey people and understand that God is a God of the journey. And he's not so concerned about the destination, but who you will be when you get there. Let's pray. God, I just want to pray a blessing over my brothers and sisters this morning. I thank you for every single person that came here today. I thank you that whether they journeyed in here by accident, whether they journey in here because they were drug here, or whether they journeyed here because of their own choice, I pray that you would have met them here today, even in a small way, even something just as small as in their heart that says, you should come back next week. You should maybe open that scripture that Carrie was talking about. I have something to share with you. And maybe it's bigger things like it's time to let that go. It's time to see yourself the way I see you. You are righteous and holy because I am righteous and holy and you are mine. And you are so not alone in this journey. Help us, God, this week to take one step forward towards where you are calling us, even if we don't know where that is. We just thank you, God, for loving us in our brokenness, in our confusion, in our anger. None of it's too much for you. I just thank you for that and that we have access to the King of creation. Bless my brothers and sisters as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week, guys. Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash voxcommunity. Participate in the Vox community at voxoc.com slash participate.